Hey, it's Travis. First up, since it's the season four finale and I only have two, let's do the patron shoutouts now. Thank you, E period, and Jack. You are appreciated. Second up, speaking of Patreon, this month's bonus episode will be The Library. Let's see how the manager handles the Dewey Decimal System. Our bonus episode artist this month is Niall. You've certainly seen his art floating around the hashtag. He's done a lot of very cool Madame Hotel, Hotel Herself art, but his design for the manager is really fantastic. He really took the deep sea creature angle to heart, and his postcard design was very exciting to see. Check out our Twitter and Instagram to see it if you're not yet a patron with us. And while you're there, make sure you give Niall a follow as well to check out his lovely art. N-I-H-I-L. Twitter only for old Niall. And speaking of checking out lovely art, wouldn't it be awesome if you could buy some of Izzy's amazing official hotel episode art? Well, there's only one way to find out. Head on over to etsy.com slash shop slash the hotel podcast and buy some. We have finally launched our store proper with a selection of episode postcards. So if you want to help support the show, support our artists, and most importantly, get some genuinely stunning art to liven up your living space, it's etsy.com slash shop slash the hotel podcast, or just search for us on Etsy. And finally, a big, big thank you to you, dear listener. You specifically listening to this is why we made it and have been making it full time for over a year now. It's been amazing being in conversation with you all, directly or indirectly, as creators, fandom, and friends. We've learned a lot and grown a lot, and we have some big things coming for you in Season 5 after our summer break that we will finally be able to announce. And if you're looking for more hotel during the break to get ready for Season 5, I would say Season 2 is probably a good place to start. For now, like the can the hotel and enjoy... She's always been here. The lobby is familiar tonight. Familiar in a way that it normally is not. The lobbies are all vaguely familiar. There's always something about them that feels like... Well, not home but at least home for the night. Tonight it's very bright. Slightly orange bulbs cast downright welcoming, if dim, light across the round room. A stretch of circular rugs crosses the dull marble floor from my desk to the elevators. A host of couches and chairs sit with each other at the center of the lobby. Outside, through the narrow windows... I can see yellow street lamps highlighting the pouring rain, and not much else. My front desk before me, guest book on top, right next to the desk bell. Supply closet door across from me, next to the elevators. Unremarkable. Like any of a thousand thousand lobbies I've overseen. Something's missing. This isn't deja vu. I've been here before. We've been here before. My lobby boy stands outside his supply closet door. Still. Nervous, perhaps. 
though it doesn't show on his blank face. He doesn't mind the wait. He doesn't even look nervous about the owner trapped by the elevator. I don't know if he's just come from his office on the third floor or if he's going there now, but he's clearly trying his best and failing to leave. He's rooted in one spot, his body and limbs popping in and out of existence a thousand times a second. But his face is blank as well. In fact, I feel a blankness over my own face. Not my normal, neutral expression, the one I wear between helping the guests and working with the staff. Blank. The difference between closing your eyes and having them plucked out. And I can't move. Nothing I can see holds my feet to the floor, but I can't lift them. I can't slide or shuffle, I can't push myself away from my desk or even raise my arms off of it. I shift my weight from planted foot to planted foot and drag my eyes across the room. My ribs expand as I breathe evenly. But the movement won't come. The will won't come. Somewhere deep, deep inside me, something gestures in the dark. A voice is buried there, running through me like a vein at the heart of a mountain. Just wait, it says. Don't do anything, it says. It'll be over soon, it says. Is that my voice? Is this my choice? Was it ever? Was it ever? I open the guest book in front of me. Inside are the names of the guests. Not as they wrote them when they checked in, but broken and jagged, as if written in death. The lobby boy's face is twisted with fear. Tears boil up in his eyes. He opens his mouth and screams silently. Tired of death, not ready to die. The owner is shuddering violently, trying his best to rend himself free, but he's trapped in here too. There's nothing to do. I think the only one who can help us here is... <laughs> Staff stands still at blank attention in front of their doors. The guest book rests, closed on the desk. Something is missing. Something is missing. What is it? It's right in front of me, but I can't see that it isn't here. Supply closet, lobby boy, elevators, owner, book, bell, desk, me. Me. 
I try to reach out to the guest book. I try to open it, to see the names of the guests, chaotic and horrible, or neat and orderly, one or many. I have to see it. I have to know. I have to move. I must be allowed to do my job. My fingers wriggle but don't unfold. My body trembles, but just barely. Beads of sweat sprout from my forehead, and I gnash my teeth tightly. My muscles ache from the effort of going nowhere, doing nothing. My vision is starting to blur. My teeth are rattling from the effort. Acid runs rivers beneath my flesh, begging me to stop, to rest, to give in, give up, and wait placidly for instruction. In the face of monumental failure at the mundanity of motion, movement, freedom, what can I do? The effort feels like it's going to kill me, and the goal is nebulous and small. The reward's unclear. To say nothing of... Then what? And all the while, the voice in the dark whispers to me. You don't even know what you're doing, though. It doesn't matter, does it? You are failing. You are failing. I ignore it. I reject it. I refuse to allow a quiet and lazy nothing to erode me from within. Failing. Me? It hasn't happened yet. I run the hotel, and I run it well. If some force beyond my control is keeping me in place, keeping all of us in place, the only failure is allowing it without resistance, without a fight, without tearing myself apart to be what I have to be, to be what I am. And if I have to fall apart, so be it. I've been dead before. If I have to pick myself up and start all over just to fall apart again, then so be it. I'll manage. My manager is in distress. Her face is blank, but she's sweating through her shirt. Her fingers twitch like something hungry and hiding. Her eyes are huge and burning at the guest book. But her, her face is blank. I can't remember seeing it look that way before. It looks like a dead thing wrapped over the front of her head. But her eyes shine through. There's a silver darkness there that doesn't extend to the rest of her. Her eyes are rage, but her face is nothing. 
eyes without a face. She's trembling fiercely, but I know she's not afraid. She's fighting, I think. I don't know what she's fighting, but she's fighting. But I don't think she can win. I've had to fight, too, sometimes. The guests fight. Even the owner fights. Everyone fights. But no one wins. Except... I want to help her. I want to walk across the lobby, take her hand, and put it on the guest book. Put it on the bell. Put it wherever she needs to put it to stop fighting. To stop the pain she's in. It, it's an uncomfortable feeling seeing my manager fight knowing she'll lose knowing I can't help her but I can't fight for her I can't let her rest there's no help here there's just us we can fight sometimes but we can't help not each other not ourselves, not the guests, never them. I want to stand in front of the desk, by her where I, where I belong. But I hear something, or I feel it inside my head. Stop. It says. Not yet, it says. Do as you're told, it says. I do. I always do. I always do. Her private office is empty behind her. I know. Even the door is shut. I know. Even if the owner wasn't standing a few feet away, I'd know he wasn't in there. Just like I know the guest room isn't empty. Hasn't been empty. I know. But something is wrong. I don't know what, but something is. It's not supposed to be like this, or, or it. It's not. Stop. It. It isn't ready. This isn't right. Something is wrong in the hotel. Something isn't where not yet. The room has already been built. This lobby has already been... I don't... I, I can't... I, I don't know what to, to 
do. Do as you're told. I don't want... want... I don't want to... Something hot and burning jumps into the bottom of my throat. I squeeze my hands into weak fists and choke it back. I look hard to try and see what's wrong, see if it's something I can fix, something I can do, do as you're told, to make it how it should be, how we should be. My manager is drenched and furious. Her hands are fists, too. Much tighter than mine. I squeeze my fists tighter and hope somehow that I can help her, but I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if we can help each other. The owner by my side is trembling, too. But not like her. Shaking hard, shuddering, willing himself to do what she cannot, vibrating himself into a blur. He's trying to leave, trying to step out of the lobby, to vanish, disappear. Heave himself to a higher plane. But there is nowhere else. There is only here. Only now. Only us. So I wait. Like I always do, as I am compelled to do. I wait for instruction and repetition. The owner and the manager are violently fighting against forces they understand and cannot control. Fighting themselves, fighting her. But even they are waiting. The owner is shifting violently between existence and something else, vanishing and blurring before my eyes. The manager's hair is wet and sticking to her forehead. Sweat drips down between her burning eyes, and I am standing between them, tense and hopeless all of us tense and hopeless but still they try if I knew what was wrong I could if I could fix it maybe I could help (laughs) like the guest upstairs There is no hope, no help, no fix for us. There is only the waiting and the effort 
so I wait, still and quiet, hoping instruction or destruction comes before I rot. But if neither comes, when my hands rot off, they will still be clenched in hopeless fists. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. If it's possible for them to be in danger, they are. They think they know it, too. They believe they are used to Madame Hotel's fits. They believe the danger is in disruption of the routine, of a job not well done. They think the certainty of death will come and save them again. But I have a somewhat wider perspective. I can see a little more from my perch on the hotel's shoulder. However scared they are, it's not nearly enough. She is going to break herself in half trying to summon the will to move, but he's just standing and watching as usual, more frustrated than afraid. It's exactly how I felt until I noticed what was different about this lobby. I almost didn't see it because it isn't there, but the moment I realized my mistake, I point myself in every direction I can and step nowhere. Try, try as I might, something keeps pushing me back here. The lobby blinks and dims around me as I try to free myself, try to step outside, step into the manager's office, the rooms upstairs, anywhere but here. But something keeps pushing me back here. I even try to go back to my void on the third floor. From there, maybe I could talk to the hotel herself. Try and reason with her on behalf of the staff. But she keeps pushing me back here. Holding me here. Holding us here. I thrash and howl uselessly. Unable to leave this broken lobby. This dangerous prelude. Because what's missing from this lobby this time is the front door. This isn't a tantrum. This isn't some new grotesque display for the guest. This isn't about the guests at all. This is for us. I shift again, throwing myself anywhere. For a moment, just a moment, the lobby dims and I'm... Somewhere else. Ah. But before I even know where I was, 
I'm back in the lobby. Over and over I thrash against the invisible forces that keep me here, and over and over again I am set back with ease. There is no effort to our containment. There is no ground clawed for inch by inch. I'm shifting so often and so quickly, my thoughts become as blurred as my body. I envision myself as hundreds of blank-faced, vibrating shapes layered on top of one another in the lobby. A hundred, hundred minutely different versions of me, all trying to escape. For some reason, I think back to my first fight with the lobby boy. Something like a voice with horrifying calm says, No, and nothing else. She's here. <laughs> Madam. Ma'am. It's time for your audit. No. I guess we'll start with him. <laughs> my faithful staff, my loyal, lovely, darling, devoted workforce. I thought we had a working system here. I thought we had a good flow. A few bumps and wrinkles, but when we were going, we really cooked. What happened? I know you know how to do all this. So what happened? Why have you let me down so fiercely? I am done making excuses to myself for you. I know. These wretched little bodies barely function even when they're at their peak, and it doesn't make it easier when they start to rot away. But still, you're not children. You bicker and waffle and backtalk like children, though, so maybe you're confused. Or maybe I'm confused. Madam, we zip it. This is not a conversation. This is the end. Party is over. Thank you, next guest. Let's take a peek at what the guests like to call the boob tube and see what's on. Bug, come on over here. We're going to watch on the manager's little closed circuit thingy. You still have that, yes, dear? Of course. Of course. Madam. Good. Oh, look what's on. It's the guest room. What room is that? Bug? 808, madam. And who built that furnace cage, surrounded by horror? Uh, I did, madam. And who is that, screaming in the middle of the cage? The guest. Judy Blashy. That's right, dear. But watch this. Watch right over here. Look who's about to pop into there! Right there. Who's that? Oh, the owner. Right, Bug. Good. What's he doing? Uh. Here. He's. Uh, oh. 
He's hurting her. And do you know why? Because he thinks that it will hurt you. It won't, though, will it? No. No. So, now we... No, please! I want to say to you... Now. Bug? Madam. <laughs> I know some days you don't feel much like being here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Madam, please. But I know we can change that bad attitude. Lickety split with just a little elbow grease. Please. I wish we were alone. Run! No! You are just not getting this, dear. You are simply refusing to grasp reality here, and while I think it's very funky, fresh and spunky of you, that tenacious little attitude is exactly why we have to do this. I run the hotel. I am the hotel. Give me back my damn lobby boy, madam. <laughs> Go and find him then. The Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum-Drake. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. 
Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories if you're brave enough. (laughs) 